Well, I'm not quite sure how they pulled all that off. Normally, there's not a whole lot that I miss other than we'll have a discussion about canceling Sunday night service tonight. (laughs) I'm just... I think I think I think I think the guys and the staff uh, I really do and uh, they put up with a lot putting up with me and um, I love a red pen (laughs) all right Um, but just you know just serving here together Um, for several weeks we've been talking about discipleship and disciples what it means to be a disciple, what a disciple is. And to be a true follower of Jesus Christ, when you think of the word disciple, uh, the word disciple as you define disciple means one who follows after someone with the intention of becoming like they are. And the goal at the end of the day, as the scripture tells us, is that we would be conformed to the image of of Jesus Christ every day in our lives we ought to seek to be more like him there's only one way you can do that you need to know what he was like and you need to know about him and you need to know who he is it starts first of all in knowing who he he is having a personal relationship with him and entering into that personal relationship but also seeing it as the beginning of a new walk of life Not to stay as we were, but to grow and to become more of what God wants us to be. Well, in order to be the disciple that we need to be, there are two ingredients, and you may want to jot these down this morning. There are two ingredients that are necessary because you can't can't do it apart from these two. The first one is to abide in Christ. There's no option. let Let me say this to you this morning. If you want to be the disciple of Christ that God intends for you to be, then these two things that I'm going to share with you this morning have to be a part of your life. It's to abide in Christ. The second one is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has got to be a part of your life every single day. And let me say this to you this morning. I want you to understand something, okay? These aren't negotiable, okay? These aren't... These are not two elements that, well, you know, I, I just don't need those, okay? Let me tell you something. You, you can't do what you've been called to do apart from them. You can't live the life that we've been called to live apart from these two elements, abiding and then the Holy Spirit being a part of our lives every day. Take your Bibles and turn with me to John chapter 15. Jesus getting ready for the final hours before he goes to the cross, spending some very devoted time with the 11. Judas has done what he has had to do. Matter of fact, we're, we're post the Last Supper, making our final preparations headed to the cross before he's basically captured in the garden, before he's brought before Pilate and Herod, and before he eventually makes his way to the cross. So the 11 that remain... Jesus is getting ready now to be very direct with them. Beginning in chapter 14, these chapters of John are probably some of my most favorite passages of Scripture. Chapters 14, 15, 16, and 17. 
Basically, what Jesus does is Jesus unfolds for the disciples those 11 of those things that are going to be coming. And one of the things that he makes sure that they understand that they are necessary. They are absolutely necessary. They are a must if they're going to continue the great task that they were going to find ahead of them. So when you look at verse number 1 of chapter 15, that's where we will be, all right? Jesus is going to share with his disciples here the great task that was ahead of them. They didn't know. They didn't know what was yet coming. Matter of fact, the one thing that they're holding on to right now more than anything else is this one that they're with, Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, is going to reestablish the nation of Israel as an earthly kingdom. That's what, their, that's what their hope is. But Jesus tells them in chapter 15, he says, there's one thing that you need to understand. And in verse 1, he says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Matter of fact, Jesus is pointing out the relationship that existed between him as the Son and the Father. And that special relationship that uh, John has written about. Jesus Christ, just as much God as he is man. And now, as he refers to and he speaks to his very deity and who he is. And he says, here's something that I want you to understand in verse number 2. He said, every branch in me. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it so that it may bear more fruit. You're already clean because of the word which I've spoken to you. And then verse 4, he says, abide in me. And he's, he's very direct with them. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, so neither can you unless you abide in me. You ought to take verse 4, take your pen out, and there's some things you need to underline in verse number 4. If you're reading on a device, hopefully you've got a way on there that you can go in and edit, okay, or highlight those areas, because here's what I want you to see in verse number 4. The branch cannot... The branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it does what? Unless it abides in the vine. So the branch cannot bear fruit of itself. The only way that the branch is going to bear fruit is for it to be abiding and connected to the vine. It's the only way it's going to happen. And then the end of verse number four, you ought to underline this phrase. Here's what he says. So neither can you. Neither can you unless you abide in me. Jesus is showing the significance of that statement and that relationship that must exist between disciple and Jesus Christ. He says, you must abide in me. And then we come to verse number five. And he said, I am the vine and you're the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit now, look at the end of verse number 5. You ought to underline it, okay? Apart from me, you can do what? Nothing. What makes us think today in the church of the living God in the day that we live in today that we can accomplish anything apart from God? Anything apart from Jesus Christ? Any 
anything apart from the moving of the Holy Spirit of God. What makes us think that we'll accomplish anything apart from those? We can't. We absolutely cannot. In the life of an individual disciple of Jesus Christ, you cannot... You, listen, you are, there's no way that you can live the life you've been called to live unless you're abiding in the vine. That's why he went, that's why the statement in the end of verse number four, neither can you unless you abide in me. The end of verse number five, apart from me, you can do nothing. In other words, how many times does that need to be said? There's absolutely nothing we can do apart from him. Look at verse number six. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away as a branch and dries up and they're gathered them and they cast them into the fire and they're burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. My father is glorified by this, that you do what? That you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. In other words, you're known by your fruit. And so his desire is that they would bear, and, he, and, he, and I want you to notice this, to bear just fruit? No, to bear much fruit. That's his desire for us is to bear much fruit. There is absolutely no way that the branch can bear any fruit at all if it's not attached to the vine. And here's what he says. And so they'll know, and it'll prove that you're my disciples because of the fruit that you bear. Now verse 9, just as the Father has loved me, I've also loved you. And notice what else he says next to abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be made full. Let me tell you something. Our joy that's inside of us in abiding in Christ doesn't matter how difficult doesn't matter how how difficult life gets for us we can still have the joy that is necessary in our life why because it is found from abiding in Christ so the joy will be there look at verse 12 this is my commandment that you love one another just as I've loved you greater love has no one than this that one lay down his life for his friends you're my friends if you do what I command you. Verse 15, no longer do I call you slaves, for the slave does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends for all things that I have heard from my Father I have made, name, made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you would go and bear fruit and that your fruit would remain so that whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. This I command you that you love one another so what has Jesus just said he's the true vine his father's the vine dresser or the husbandman or the one who tends to the vine and that vine is that vine grows and the branches grow from that vine it's those branches one of the things that you'll never find growing on a grape vine is grapes on the vine itself the grapes come out at the end of the branches that come off of the vine. And matter of fact, there are many of them. And as you watch that, as you watch that vine, as it begins to grow and, and it becomes and it puts out all of these branches and all these branches at the end of these branches, you get these little, 
uh, bitty pellets on the end of them as the grapes are getting ready to come in. And those branches, as they bear those grapes, and some of them hanging down, but those grapes do not get to the end of that branch. Apart from that branch being attached to the vine, and the sap that runs through that vine from the vine out to the end of those branches that delivers what is necessary for the grapes to appear well, what about us you know Jesus' use of the word abide I, I, don't, I, I don't know sometimes that we understand how critical it is with that word that he used but it was critical that the disciples understood what he meant by abiding the word abide actually comes from the Greek word meno, and here's what it means. It means something that remains where it is or continues in a fixed state or endures. So what is Jesus saying here? You need to maintain daily communion with the vine. Let me share something with you. We can't, you can't, Afford to miss a day without the vine. If you want to be a disciple that we've been called to be, then it is necessary to be connected to the vine. Growing grapes is an interesting endeavor. As a matter of fact, when it comes to the time, at a certain point of the year when that when that that vine needs to be pruned you know one of the things that jesus said his desire for his disciples is that they would bear much fruit and that bearing of much fruit comes as a result of abiding in the vine but he also talks about the branches that aren't bearing any fruit to be taken away and disposed and discarded of so that the branches that remain there that are producing fruit would bear even more fruit. You know, it's interesting that the branch in and of itself has no life and no fruit of its own. And my dear friend, that's no different than you and I today. We have no fruit. of There is no life within us alone. The only way that that life comes, the only way that we see the fruit come is a result of us abiding in the vine abiding in Jesus Christ having a daily relationship with him the branch is only going to be fruitful when it's attached to the vine let me ask you a question what do you think gives us the power that we need each day to live the life we've been called to live let me tell you what his name is it's the Holy Spirit It's the Holy Spirit. And I can tell you, to live the life we've been called to live is not an easy task. And the same task that Jesus gave to his disciples, listen, that task has not gone away. That task is still there. It is still in front of us every day to do what? To be busy about what he's called us to do. And what is that? And I know sometimes we probably get tired of hearing this over and over, but I hate to tell you this, okay? But there's a central theme throughout it all. Are you ready? It's called the gospel. What is it that changes people's lives? 
What is it that allows them to come to understand what it means to abide in a vine? What is that, what is that portion that allows us to be able to enter into that relationship with the vine and to be the branches we need to be and to bear the fruit that we need to? It's only as a result of the gospel. You know, sometimes I've often wondered the significance of Paul's statement that he made in Romans chapter 1 and verse 16 when he said, but I am not ashamed of the gospel. Why? Because it's the power of God to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. It's the power of the gospel. My dear friend, it's that that changes hearts and lives. It is that that provides that connection between the branch and the vine and that relationship to be what God's called us to be. A disciple's life, a disciple of Jesus Christ, becomes that life through which Jesus Christ lives through us and is seen through us. I, I, I don't know what your desire is, okay, in life every day, but our desire should be this, that he would be seen in all that we do. critical to understand apart from him there can be no spiritual life or spiritual fruit see here's the thing about the disciples you ready for this those 11 that were sitting with Jesus as he's sharing all this they had no clue what was ahead of them they had no idea what was coming other than the words of Jesus that he has poured into them over and over and over again matter of fact in chapter 14 he said oh by the way he said there's no reason for your hearts to be troubled if you believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions or dwelling places. He said, and I go and prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, you can be also. And so the conversation goes on and you can tell the disciples are trying to understand all of this that Jesus is talking to them about at this particular moment in time of separating the physical from the spiritual and being understand exactly what Jesus was trying to tell them. Then you come to chapter 15. And he said, oh, by the way, the great task that is going to be before you, the only way it's going to be accomplished is by you abiding in me. And then he comes to the end of 15, and here's what he begins to share with them. Oh, by the way, there's another comforter that is going to come. I'm leaving, but the Father is going to send another comforter, the Holy Spirit. Chapter 16, he goes through in detail to begin to outline the purpose and what the Holy Spirit is going to do. When he, imagine being the disciples and hearing all of this, wondering, what does all of this mean? Then you come to chapter 17 of John's gospel and we find Jesus praying for the disciples and all of those who would come as a result of the message that the disciples would preach. And are you ready for this? Guess what? We're a part of that. We're a part of that. As a result of the gospel message of Jesus Christ. But then comes the next part. Holy Spirit, take your Bibles and turn with me to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter number 8. You don't have to be afraid of the Holy Spirit. You ready for this? And please don't let anybody, please don't let anybody make fun of you 
about seeking to live a holy life. It's what we've been called to do, is to live a holy life. Scripture says, be you holy because I'm holy. So how do we do that? As a disciple of Jesus Christ, abiding in Christ is essential. In other words, well, how do you abide in Christ? Well, there's several ways. There's, uh, let's see, I'll give you a few, okay? Here's a few for you. Uh, praying, meditating, fasting, studying, seclusion, silence, submission, corporate worship time together. All of those assist us. They help us in that endeavor to abide in Christ. Because every day if we're seeking to study the word of God, to pray, fasting may be a part of some, some portion of your journey, whatever that may be. But spending time in the word of God, alone with God, with the Holy Spirit as your teacher, you're abiding in Christ. And the more you read and study the word of God and it begins to reveal to us those things that we need to see. Is the Holy Spirit important? Sure he is. Look at verse 9 through verse 18 of Romans chapter number 8. However, you're not in the flesh, but in the spirit. And notice that this is how you can know if indeed the spirit of God dwells in you, Okay. Well, I can only, I, listen, the only way the Holy Spirit's going to dwell or live in you is if you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. It's the only way. So in other words, what Paul is saying here in verse number 9, you're not in the flesh, but you're in the Spirit. If you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit lives with inside of you. But if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, notice what he says. If the Holy Spirit of God does not dwell in you, and here's what he says at the end of verse number 9, you don't belong to him. You do not belong to Jesus Christ if the Holy Spirit does not dwell within you. Verse number 10, if Christ is in you, though the body is dead because of sin, yet the Spirit is alive because of righteousness. But if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the, uh, from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Jesus Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. So then, brethren, we're, not, we're, under, no, or we're under obligation, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you're living according to the flesh, you must die. But if by the spirit you're putting to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are being led by the spirit of God these are the sons of God. For you have not received a spirit of slavery leading to fear again, but you have received a spirit of adoption as sons by which we cry out, Abba, Father. Verse 16. The Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we're the children of God. And then if children, heirs also, heirs of God, and fellow heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with Him so that we may also be glorified with Him, for I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that is to be revealed in us. So how important is the Holy Spirit? Do you think the Spirit is important in our walk as a believer, as a disciple? Well, hold on. Let me, let me just kind of help you out. Okay, first of all, you can't be his disciple if the Holy Spirit doesn't live in you. So let's just start there. 
So, so what do we do? How, how important is the Holy Spirit in what we've been called to do? Well, if you go back to Acts chapter number 1, I'll show you how important it is. Now, I want you to understand these disciples had spent all of this time with Jesus Christ being brought to the level that, that they needed to be prior to the great task that was going to be in their future. But something else got to happen. Something else is going to take place. So Jesus goes to the cross, rises again the third day. He is seen of above 500 for a period of, of days before we come to Acts chapter 2 and the day of Pentecost but I want you to notice in Acts chapter 1 something very critical I want you to see starting in verse number 4 gathering them together he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem but to wait for what the father had promised in other words you don't go anywhere you don't do anything you stay in Jerusalem until the promise of the Father. What was the promise of the Father? The Holy Spirit. You're to do nothing. Well, wait a minute. We've been with Jesus for all of these days. We ought to know enough at this point to be able to do what we need to do. The main ingredient was missing. My dear friend, listen to me. It is not about methods. It is not about programs. It is not about activity it is not about being busy at this and this and this if we're doing that apart from the holy spirit of god then we're in the wrong place it's what he told them you're not to go any listen you're to stay in jerusalem why because the only way the task was going to get accomplished was when the holy spirit came in acts chapter number two and when the Holy Spirit came in Acts chapter number 2, something happened to Peter. Because when Peter stood to preach, preach one of the most tremendous messages we have recorded apart from Jesus himself. And as he stood there in the boldness, let me ask you a question. Where do you think the boldness came for Peter? Where do you think the that motivation for Peter to stand and proclaim Jesus Christ. And listen, this is the same Peter who just days before had denied that he even knew him and cursed him. What changed him? I'll tell you what it is. It's called the power of the Holy Spirit of God. And my dear friend, when the Holy Spirit starts to move and we surrender ourselves and submit ourselves to the leading of the Holy Spirit in our lives each day, there's no telling what may happen. But to be a disciple, there's no way you can be the disciple that you need to be apart from the Holy Spirit of God. I'll finish with this. Let's go to Galatians chapter number 5. Paul writing to the church at Galatia after having a deep theological conversation with Peter it comes to this portion of his letter chapter 5 starting in verse 16 after everything Paul's had a conversation 
about in the first portion of the letter, the difference between being bond and free, the relationship that we have in Jesus Christ. He comes to chapter number 5, and the whole, the whole fifth chapter of the book of Galatians deals with walking in the Spirit. Beginning in verse 16, notice what Paul writes, or verse 16. He said, but I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. To walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. For the flesh sets its desire against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. For these are in opposition to one another, so that you may not do the things that you please. It's a battle between the flesh and the Spirit. Let me ask you a question. Anybody here... <laughs> Anybody ever here got to the place in your life as a, as a disciple of Christ that you've completely won all of that battle? Anybody? Huh? How many of us still today struggle with that battle between the flesh and the spirit? I think we all do. It's because of who we are. But then we come to verse 18 and notice what he says. But if you're led by the spirit, you're not under the law. Now the deeds of the flesh are evident which are, oh, by the way, this is not an exhaustive list, and you can say, well, I'm good because mine's not on there. Okay? Not an exhaustive list here, but notice what he says. He said, now the deeds of the flesh are evident, which are immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, disputes, dissensions, factions, envy, and drunkenness. That's enough. And the list goes on and on. And Paul continues to, lift, to list them out. Those come as a result of the flesh acting, not the Spirit. So what did he say about the fruit of the Spirit? Verse 22. He said, but the fruit of the Spirit is. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, meekness, faith, temperance against such there is no law do you see them again huh look at that verse look at that verse again verse 22 but the fruit of the spirit is love joy peace long suffering or patience kindness how many of y'all have plenty of patience faithfulness gentleness temperance oh self-control how many we're we're under perfect control all the time absolutely we're there i never get moved do we huh notice what he says against such there is no law now those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Sometime go back and read Romans chapter 6. If you've been crucified with him, if you've been buried with him, okay, that relationship that's there. And here's what happens. We are no longer slaves or in bondage to sin. Now, I know I'm looking forward to the day when I'll be sinless like Philip Willis. <laughs> just joking. Okay. <laughs> I could tell you a whole lot. No, I'm just. Uh, 
We praise the Lord for Philip. But it's that struggle between the flesh and the spirit. And are you ready for this? And Jesus knew that the Holy Spirit was going to be necessary for the disciples. Why? Because they did not have the power within themselves to accomplish what God called them to do. And are you ready for this? Neither are we. Neither are we. And then verse 25, if we live by the Spirit, then let us do what? Let us walk in the Spirit. But then pay close attention to verse 26. Let us not become boastful. <laughs> Challenging one another or envying one another. Not to become boastful. Not to think we've arrived. Not to think we've come to the place where we've got this thing mastered. But as a disciple of Jesus Christ, seeking to be what he's called us to be by abiding in the vine and allowing the Holy Spirit to have first place in our lives and in our walk each day as we, as we strive to put the Holy Spirit in a priority place to put abiding in a priority place, to put the Word of God in a priority place, to put prayer in a priority place, to put all of those things in a priority place that helps us live the life that we've been called to live. Amen? That should be our desire. But here's my concern. Do you have a relationship with Jesus Christ today? Do you know Him as your personal Savior? Has there been a point in time where you realized as a sinner standing before a holy God and a just God realizing and understanding your need at that moment in time that there is absolutely nothing within yourself that you could do to merit the grace of God except through Jesus Christ I'd encourage you today to allow the Holy Spirit to speak to your heart and then to be obedient to him. And then there may be something else in your life today that, that God has laid on your hearts calling you to do. We just need to be obedient to the leading of the Holy Spirit, don't we? And just say, okay, understand. But sometimes those steps can be difficult because we don't always see what's on the other side. But I will say this to you. It's better to follow him as a disciple and to allow him to lead our lives than to trust the leading of the world each day in our lives. Amen? Amen. Let's trust him. Let's